You are listening to Bold Leadership, Episode 24, The Final Steps. Bold Leadership, the science of winning with your host, Dave Evans. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Dave Evans here. Welcome to the Bold Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Bold Leadership Podcast is produced every other Tuesday for your enjoyment Show notes are found at www.theevansgp.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow me on Twitter, at The Bold Leader, and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. The next of Cousins and Posner's steps is enable others to act. You have to allow your people to do their job. As we talked initially about modeling the way, you know, you need to set boundaries and define processes. If you do that, then you can enable your team to act without fear of huge failure. Now, I can tell you, there are many people that are scared of failure, but hugely successful people know this. Failure is good. The sooner you fail, the sooner you know what doesn't work, the sooner you can put it away and start working on things that do work. I mean, Thomas Edison is a great example of proving failure. And his, his comment was this. If, if you're not aware, Thomas Edison attempted 10,000 times to build a light bulb that worked. And every time it didn't work, he didn't say he failed. His comment was, I found another way not to build a light bulb. Well, eventually, you know, he did build a light bulb, and the light bulb worked, and now we have light. And that's awesome. But he got there because he and his team knew that failure wasn't bad. Failure helped him accelerate his process to finding a way to make it work. When you enable others to act and you give them the chance to fail and you say it's okay, and then you learn from those mistakes and move forward, your organization grows exponentially in two ways. First, it shows your people you trust them and allow them to make mistakes. Second, you're growing future leaders in your organization that you want to have leading in the front and teaching your team your business model. It also enables an organization that doesn't die because they're unwilling to change. So enable others to act. The last one and probably my most favorite one is encourage the heart. One of the things you need to, a visual I'm going to give you, and it's, it's not a pleasant visual, but you need to understand that beaten dogs don't respond positively. So if you're always beating on your people and pounding on them and pushing them and not encouraging the heart, you have an organization that is set up for huge failure and huge disaster. More importantly, you have a team that isn't going to work for you. I mean, if you've ever seen a beaten dog, when you try to pet it, it cowers. You don't want your team cowering to you. You want them embracing you and excited about having you in the organization and being a part of your team. How do you do this? You do it very simply. You do it through recognition. You do it for thanking people for the job they've done. You do it by understanding the personal challenges people on your team are facing and talking to them about their family and their priorities and their goals and their future. One of the greatest lessons I learned in my life was that as a leader, you have to get away from your computer, you have to get away from your email, you have to get away from your desk and walk around the organization. And you've got to do it by yourself. You can't have everybody there following you around. It's got to be a private, personal thing where you get real feedback from your team and you get the opportunity to connect with your team. I can tell you, my team hated me doing this. They absolutely hated me doing it. 
But I had a separate calendar, my private calendar, that I would set time on the calendar once a week, and it would change every week, where I'd block two hours to get out of my desk and go talk to the young people in the squadron. Here's what happened. The first time I did it, it scared the bejesus out of everybody in the squadron because the boss is out running amok in the squadron and, and everybody's organization flight trying to figure out what's going on. That wasn't the case, but that's what was, that was the perception. But what we found is that there were challenges in the organization that the young people were afraid to bring to their direct supervisor for whatever reason, and they were afraid to bring to me because they thought I'd be frustrated or mad, one of, one of which was they didn't have hot water in their rooms for two months, and they didn't tell anybody. And we're sitting there one day having a discussion, and one of the young airmen says, sir, I haven't had hot water for two months. I'm like, what do you mean you haven't had hot water for two months? Are you kidding me? You know, we can fix that. That's easy. The next day it was fixed. It was a phone call, got the people over there, it was fixed. But they were so fearful of, of, of what their boss might do or that it, they didn't think it was important enough to bring to the boss that they didn't say anything. You know, that happened with the chow hall, with other things in the organization. But over that two-year period, two things happened. First, they knew the boss cared. They knew the team cared. They knew they wanted to be successful. Second, my younger leaders didn't want me finding out about stuff through their airmen. So things got pushed up the chain and into the office where they needed to be and taken care of at a lower level because they didn't want me dealing with their problems. You know, it's a funny thing as a leader. When, when you're the guy that grabs a vacuum cleaner and starts cleaning up around the squadron or picks up trash in front of your team without asking them to do it, they get the, they get the picture pretty fast. You know, when you walk around and talk to their folks and understand their challenges and then ask those questions in a staff meeting or or grab them to the side and ask them the same questions, they're curious as to why you have the answer, you explain it, and then they're working harder to find solutions to problems before they get to your desk. So, you know, get get out of your desk, encourage the heart, recognize people for great performance, let everybody know you care, and when people are struggling, be there for them to help them through their struggles and grow. Um, encouraging the heart is hugely important, probably the most important thing you can do as a leader to grow your team and be successful. So the takeaway from this, there's five things you need to remember. Number one, model the way. Number two, inspire a shared vision. Number three, challenge the process. Number four, enable others to act. And number five, encourage the heart. Finally, the best advice I ever received about leadership and how to improve team performance, the seven Ps. Prior preparation and planning prevents piss-poor performance. If you don't plan and you don't prepare and you don't grow your team, you aren't going to perform well. So get after it and go do great things. With that, this ends another episode of Bold Leadership. I hope you enjoyed it and look forward to hearing from you at Dave at the EvansGP.com or send me a note on Twitter at The Bold Leader. I am Dave Evans, and this has been Bold Leadership. Follow Bold Leadership on Twitter at The Bold Leader and Facebook.com slash The Evans GP. To subscribe to Bold Leadership, visit The Evans GP.com slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode of Bold Leadership, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes. And remember, be bold.